0: I'm Stephanie Howe, co-host of Get Inspired and Innovate, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education
1: podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
0: Coming up on episode 113 of Podcast PD, sponsored by StreamYard, we are speaking with the Stacey Roshan, and we're going to be talking about how to bring a higher level of compassion to your teaching we're going to hit education technology we're going to talk about flipping the classroom and there might be some surprises along the way with that let's start the show this is podcast pd the show that provides you with anytime anywhere professional development our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a pd day except you're going to have more fun with A.J. Bianco, Stacey Lindis, and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is time for Podcast PD, and you are listening to episode 113. My name is Chris Nessie, at Mr. Nessie on Twitter, and I am joined, as always, by my Podcast PD compadre, A.J. Bianco. What is up, AJ? Christopher, it's great to see you on this Sunday evening. How are you? I'm doing well. 15 inches of snow outside, football being played, life is pretty good. Life is
2: pretty good. I didn't get as much snow. We got like 68 inches here, but that's all right. It was enough to clean up. We had a little fun. But uh, yep, got the football going, watching my doppelganger do his thing. Right, that's right, here, uh,
0: right. <laughs> those of you, please do not be confused. Jimmy Garoppolo is not in two places yeah, at the same time. He's the guy playing right now. I
2: told a friend he plays, I do the interviews. There you go.
0: <laughs> I think, you, you know, our, our friends at the partial credit podcast, they typically put out memes and like movie posters and stuff. I think I'm gonna have to get creative and put some Jimmy Garoppolo, you on Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, create some new promo material for podcast. We did that last right. year. Nobody realized. That's right. We did. We put our, what, what, what do we say? I look like Paul Giamatti. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it was Paul Giamatti for you. Yeah. 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 And it's all uh, good.
0: Yeah, it is all good. Thank you to everybody who is so far hanging out with us on the live stream. So shout out to Mel A. and Stephanie Scrocky and Dan Krynas and Dave Frangiosa. And uh, wherever you're watching, leave a comment. You might be checking us out on Twitter, Facebook, or on YouTube. Let us know you're here. Let us know what you're talking about. And sometimes the chat can take on a life of its own, which we're cool with. We're all about community and professional development. So, you know, for years, we've talked about how this podcast is like being at an ed camp session, and sometimes there's multiple conversations happening in the room. So there you go. AJ, we ready to bring on our guest? Because I think we should make every moment count.
2: Let's do this. Let's get this thing going.
0: All right. Tonight, we are talking with Stacey Roshan. She is a math teacher and director of innovation and educational technology from Maryland, which did not get a lot of snow, or any, I don't think. And uh, she is a well-respected education technology consultant. Stacy is also the author of Tech with Heart, Leveraging Technology to Empower Student Voice, Ease Anxiety, and Create Compassionate Classrooms. And let's give a warm podcast PD welcome to Stacy Roshan.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be on with you.
0: We are excited to have you here, as we said before we recorded, so we couldn't lie about it now. So yes, we are excited. Now, AJ.
2: Yep. Here. Are you froze again? This this is the second time in a week that Chris decided it's a good idea to host a podcast and freeze at the same time. So I guess that that's, Hey, he's back. Here we
0: go.
1: There we go.
0: As I was saying, AJ, if you could tell the funny story about your uh, interaction slash unknown relationship with Stacey Roshan,
2: yeah, so, so you said funny story for other people it's not gonna be funny, but it's funny funny to us because we talked about it. So I was telling Stacey as we started the show, um, I was a huge proponent of the flip classroom twelve years ago when I first got started. I was doing some research, looking for videos, trying to understand what it was. Um, and Stacey was one of the first people I turned to. As I started to get in comfortable with the flip classroom and and the ideas of it, I started doing my own presenting on the flip classroom and doing PD. And one of the videos that I showed to those who are beginners who have never heard of it, was a video from the CBS Morning Show. And like I said, it had to be 12, 13 years ago at this point. And Stacy was like the center of the attention of, of the uh, of the news report. So I have known Stacy for a long time without her knowing, and I appreciate her letting me use her likeness in the video. Uh, I didn't get paid for any of it, so I can't give you any money, but I appreciate your uh, your know-it-all.
1: Oh, that makes me so happy. And thank you for sharing it on. You know, that's what it's all about.
0: That's what we do. We beg, borrow, steal and share the life so of an education. educator. That's it. Yeah. Okay, Stacy. we want to get right into tech with heart. So give us a the elevator pitch. What is it? Because, I mean, AJ has a heart. He's compassionate. I have a heart. I'm compassionate. We all have a passion for technology, but you have blended these things together. What does it mean?
1: Yeah, so I'll say that tech with heart, a lot of it is my personal journey. So I try to be, whenever I share, to just be as true as I can to what I've done, what I've experienced, the environments that I've been in, and what I've learned along the way and share that forward. Um, and so Tech with Heart is very much me sharing my journey from my flip classroom and the evolution along the way, which was a big evolution and process. And it started for me as, you know, I started with blogging and sharing some of my flip classroom experiences and I was getting questions from teachers emails that I would respond to, then I would get enough of the same question and I would like write a blog post um, and share a lot of tech tips. And at the point right before I wrote the book, I was just saying to myself that what I was missing in these little shares, which I love doing, but what I was missing was really the deep why behind I you know why I started all of this and so I just wanted that opportunity to add that additional context of like why embracing technology has been such a big piece of what I've done and what I've shared because for me it was about creating a classroom environment that in many ways was what I felt that I needed as a student and I didn't have and I think you know so many of that so many of us can relate to that as teachers that like We're trying to do what we needed, right? Um, And so that was a big, like, reason that I wrote this book. And for me, one of the biggest goals that I have is how can we create a classroom environment where every student really feels empowered to share their ideas in a format that best fits them, um, again, back to my personal story, very much introverted, perfectionist. I am not ever the first person to raise my hand to this day in the meeting. It's just not me. Um, and so, you know, how can we hear from more voices? I believe that technology can be a huge solution to that problem.
2: So, Stacey, why don't, why don't we start? What, what is the flip classroom to you? Because, again, since I, I've done it in my classroom, but I don't think I've done it like you, so when you do the flip classroom, you can do it a lot of different ways. So what does it look like? What does it mean to you? And how does it relate to how you teach?
1: Yeah. And I love how you frame that question, too, because one of the things that I try and always share myself is like, this is my flip classroom, but a flip classroom isn't a "quote unquote, flip classroom. Like, I don't believe there's a right or wrong way to do it as much as I believe it is the solution for me, I don't think everybody needs to flip or fully flip, or I think everybody needs to adapt it to the style that fits them best. And so to me, the flip classroom has been about, uh, especially, okay. So I'll be speaking about my AP calculus and like my honors algebra two classroom experience, which is really where I flipped uh, fully. And keeping in mind that those are high-level classes. So I sent students home with a video to watch before class. It gave them some prior information, kind of loaded them up with the vocabulary. My goal there was to offload the very teacher-directed portion of class to video so that I could free up class time for the collaborative work to really bring in that opportunity for students to work together and solve the problems together because I think that's where the most powerful learning happens to have conversations, to have, you know, really good discussions after students had some time for that video to like marinate for them to think about it. Um, So to me, it really started with creating videos so that I could offload, you know, that very teacher heavy portion of class and I could get myself away from the front of the board for so much of class time.
0: When you started and you decided that you wanted to try flipping the classroom, what What was that spark for you that said, let me try this? Where where did you hear about it? How did you decide this is something I want to give it a try?
1: Yeah. So I always think that the most powerful ways that we create change is by starting with a problem. So I had a problem. My problem was that I didn't have enough time to sit with my students on an individual basis every day. Um, I do teach at an independent school, I have small class sizes. We're talking, you know, 15 students in a class, even less than that sometimes. And I really, you know, went into teaching saying that that was a huge goal of mine. But when I started teaching AP, I had so much content to get through so quickly. At that time, we had 40 to 45 minute classes and there was not the time for that, especially at the end of class. Students still had questions. They would have to come after school for extra instruction and I just wanted a better way. So that summer after that experience, I went to Alan November's Building Learning Communities Conference. When I was there, I learned about screencasting. It, Flip Classroom wasn't really a thing yet. All I learned about was that there was this tool, which was Camtasia. They were there and they were showing this product that allowed me to create a video, uh, to do some minor editing and produce that video all with one tool. At that time, I already had a tablet PC. I already had a way to write on my um, computer. So I was like, this is it. I'm gonna make a video lesson for every one of the, you know, like lectures that I would have given in chapter two. Now chapter two was a review unit. So I started my class that next year saying, I am, you know, we're gonna try this out. We're gonna try this during the review unit. And I'm open to your feedback. So I had created in the summer just one unit. So I wanted to stay ahead, but I didn't want to create too much because I'd never done this before. Like I needed my students to tell me what they liked, what they didn't like. And I wanted to be able to adapt to their needs. Um, And also, I didn't want to do anything that wasn't working for them. So they were okay with it only because I told them we're doing it for the review unit because they thought this was going to be a lot harder. And then they never stopped wanting it. So we fully flipped the classroom that first year.
2: Yeah. I I love that because uh, I, again, you know, learning from you, seeing what you did, I know you had the tablets and and all that. I didn't have that opportunity when I first started flipping the classroom for me, I didn't really feel comfortable making videos yet. I didn't start making videos until someone put me in front of a camera and made me start doing things in front of video. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I would kind of gather resources that were important for my students that knew that that would be good. And I would use a lot of questioning. And I would Mm -hmm. throw like questions in videos, but I didn't like making videos. So when you're talking about like the introverts and how you're an introvert and all that kind of stuff, that kind of, that that means so much to me and so many people who are probably listening that you can be that kind of person and, and you can still do this and do it successfully for your students. And it shows something else for your kids too.
1: Yeah. And you know, and this is also like, when I go back to like, embrace your style and your strengths, like I truly love making the videos. I love making them. I love editing them. I just love the process. So even when I had a full year's of video, full year worth of videos, the next year I still made more videos and I still edited those videos. And I continually went through that process because that's a piece that I love. Now, my first year, I just focused on making the videos. That was it. Like that was hard enough work. But the second year I was like, well, the activities we're doing in class, well, they need to be, you know, I need, they need some work. Now that's where I really outsourced. And I looked for, you know, I'm going to call it worksheets because they are worksheets um, that other people had created. And then I thought about like how I could, integrate those into our classroom discussion and how it was going to start class and, you know, like those conversations we're going to have collaboratively. But I really, that's where I borrow and remix a ton because that's the work that I, I, you know, feel like I can outsource and then remix it to be the best version of what I can get to. Whereas like, I love making videos from scratch. So embrace embrace like you or you because then we can also benefit from one another like I'm getting these worksheets from other people who are putting it out there and then I'm putting my videos out there so other people can use my videos maybe put it in an ed puzzle remix it give it their little own spin but they can use those for their class so they don't need to take you know the tremendous amount of time that it might take uh, me to make the video so yeah I think we're better together so let's take advantage of it.
2: With your with your flipping in the classroom, you talked about videos. You did mention Ed Puzzle. So, in the time that you've been doing this, how, how has your flipping uh, evolved? Have you been using new tools? Have you been kind of like I, I know you have a lot of tools that you're a fan of, but did you go from just videos and then to Ed Puzzles, or, or, or are you just kind of staying with the same trend that worked for you?
1: Yeah, that's a really important question to me, also. Um, so, in in Tech with Heart, I actually lay out a timeline of eight years, because that's where I was by the time I wrote the book of how my progression looked. And it it was very much a progression. So I never want people to like look at what I say about my flip classroom and be like, that is too much. I can't do that. Because it took me years. So my first year, again, I just made the videos. Ton of time to do that. My second year was when I started sh- changing up what we did in the classroom. My third year, I started flipping um, honors algebra two. And that was when I technology got a little bit better and I could start embedding questions into the video. So that's where an ed puzzle came in, did not come in in year one for me. Um, And then after that, you know, we started having much more robust classroom discussions. But again, it was like the person who raised their hand was the first person to respond because we are doing so much more of that collaborative work on the board. And I just wanted a way to hear from everybody. So that's when I started looking to tools like Pear Deck um, for to, you know, make sure that everybody's voice was shared. And then I wanted students to have more more, um, practice verbalizing their math thinking. I really wanted to celebrate the multiple ways of thinking through a problem. And that was when I got into Flipgrid. So it's been a progression. And every year, I personally, like, even though I explore and I'll be sharing, you'll see me sharing on Twitter, like maybe 10 different tools at a time. That's not all tools that I'm bringing into my classroom. Usually I would have, you know, a focus of maybe four to five tools in my classroom that I would teach students from day one, that we would get in the habit. I'm really a believer in routines and structure. And we would just kind of do the same thing over and over and it would just ramp up and get harder. But I got students really comfortable with the technology and what we were doing. And I had a goal in mind for like what my biggest goal was and why I wanted to use that tool. So whether it was about allowing everybody to contribute, or it was about um, helping students become more confident in their math thinking, um, or it was about building class community and community outside the walls of just our classroom. Like those were some of my big yearly goals that I had.
0: Stacy, can you talk about how you overcame any doubt you had when that little voice popped in your head that said, you're not going to do this. It's not going to work. What advice would you give a teacher who's like, I can't do this. It's not going to work. Or I don't teach math. I teach fill in another subject where maybe they think I can't flip It's not going to work there.
1: Yeah. So first I'm going to lead again. I know I've said this before, but like embracing your style and your strengths and knowing what strengths you have and like being able to say that you do have you know, whatever strengths you have, like it doesn't, you don't have to be the very best at it, but we all have our things that we know are our strong points. You know, it's funny because I used to think of some of those things that now I'll say are my strengths as like quirks. And I wasn't always like super proud of saying it. So, you know, even just me like expressing that I'm really an introvert and a perfectionist was hard for me to even say before I ever wrote the book. Now I've become more comfortable with it. But, you know, I felt like, I don't know, like maybe I'd be judged by it or just like, you know, I could do better. I could work on myself. It is what it is. I've learned to like make the best of it. And how can that make me a better teacher in ways that has? So some of my perfectionism is I am quite rigid. I am quite structured. It's made me really good in my flip classroom format because I can always stay on top of the videos. I know that I can do that. I know that I can present my students with, you know, expectations that we're going to follow over and over during the year. Am I ever going to be that like super spontaneous teacher? No, that's not me, but that's okay. You know, and there's certain things that I've learned that like, for example, flipping my classroom where I was able to kind of offload that lecture to the video where I could be really rigid. I learned that that made me become more flexible and I think more fun in the classroom. And so I think that, you know, just continually learning about ourselves. And then again, just um, remembering too, that these things take all of us years and years of practice. So um, you're not going to be the best at it when you first try it. You're going to fail a little bit along the way know where you can get supports know where you can get help don't be afraid of asking for that help from other people especially in the education community like people are so kind in general people are so willing to share and give and um ask for some help along the way
2: yeah i think that's great advice and i think the last part what you said there i think is so important right now in the situation that our teachers are going through uh as we're in this last two years so you're you're still in the classroom correct
1: yeah I'm not teaching a class um of my own right now, so I'm not in a physical classroom. I'm out of school still um and I work with the teachers um at our independent school
2: okay, so then you' you're I think you're gonna you're gonna relate to what I'm saying here when we jumped into this whole pandemic, you know i, I I've been out of the classroom now for three years in, in administrative roles, and when this started happening, I was like, oh, this would be the perfect opportunity to be in a classroom because flipping the classroom made me feel comfortable. The technology is there. I can still do everything with my kids. But I know we have teachers who have never heard of flipped classroom, never thought about it, and they, and they struggle with it. So since you're working with teachers now, how do you guide these teachers to help them if the flipped classroom is the best thing they could do You know, to make these videos or to work outside of the classroom? You know, what, what advice do you give to your teachers as they're working these last two years during this nonsensical time in education?
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that is most important to me is like we started the show with is like starting with a problem and gradually working our way to a solution. And I think that was, you know, the biggest thing that made pandemic learning impossible was that there was this huge urgency to change everything, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. And that's impossible to do. So there was no way in my mind to really do it well. I was teaching a class um, when we first went into remote learning and my class had been flipped. You would think, oh, it was easy for her. No, none of it was easy. I had the videos, but we had a classroom structure that we had from the beginning of the year. And now all of a sudden, everything was changed. Everything was different. Not to mention like we were changing things every two weeks. Everybody was, it wasn't just my school. And so like that was a real problem. And so to me, what's important moving forward is that people learned way too much, way too quickly. Okay, so let's just say that we did. We learned too much too quickly. I hope that we can take a step back even now moving forward. I mean, I know it's two years, but still take that step back and think about like what problem spots do we have? So go back in time, think about the problem, and then think about, you know, what things you want to try slowly. And I really do think that gradual approach is what leads to success, the feedback along the way, listening to students. Um, you know, as we started with too. Like I feel like if I had flipped my classroom and I had made all the videos over the summer, I wouldn't have been a successful flipped classroom teacher it was because i was listening to feedback along the way i was adjusting along the way so when i'm working with teachers again i try and even when they come to me and all the time anybody who's in a tech coaching role can resonate with this teachers always come and say like oh i saw you know your tip on on um, flipgrid and that's perfect i really want to use flipgrid in my class so here's the project i'm doing next and then you know just taking them back and like well what is your project goals because half the time we end up not on Flipgrid, right? Love Flipgrid, but maybe that's not the tool for the specific project that, or the specific goals that the teacher has in mind. So always starting with like, what's your essential like problem that you're trying to solve? What are you, you know, your project goals, and then looking at the technology as a potential solution. And that's where I think really working with somebody like my role, the tech coaching role to to chat it out because- like I research these things all day and night. So, you know, I'm able to kind of provide that guidance of like, well, I think this tool will actually be the best. And then I can work with the teacher who's obviously the subject matter expert there. And then they can really run with it um, and, and build from there. So I hope that answered your question. I know I went a little bit astray, but.
2: <laughs> no, that's, that's right on point. That's good. Thank you.
1: Well, the other thing
0: that you talked about, you mentioned feedback throughout everything you've shared tonight so far. Can you talk a little bit about some of the feedback, positive and negative, that you got and get from students participating in a flipped classroom?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to start with the story of how I thought I was doing the flipped classroom right because I had year one under my belt in 2010, year two under my belt in 2011. In 2012, I said, okay, I'm going to flip my honors algebra two class. Now, keeping in mind that, like, flip classrooms still didn't have, like, this buzz where, like, parents knew what it was, okay? So I had nine and 10th graders in my honors algebra 2 class. And, you know, I introduced the flip classroom on back-to-school night. I thought I explained it pretty well, what we were going to do. Um, and then three weeks into class, two weeks into class, like, things are not going well. Uh, my students are confused. The parents are, like... Hmm you are sending kids home to learn all the material and then they have to just like do it all on their own now? And I was like, oh no, like I didn't make it clear at back to school night. Well, probably because like back to school night's about 10 minutes and they have all these other classes to run to and it's the evening and there's a lot going on. So everything I said probably didn't soak in, probably didn't explain it as well as I needed to because it's something that's still new to a lot of people. It's different from how they learned and that can be the hardest thing of all think it's more pronounced in this day and age than ever that, you know, parents can be used to how they learned, whether or not they even liked the way they learned, doesn't seem to matter all the time. That was what they know. And that what is what quote unquote works, right? So um, I, w- things were not going well, because my students didn't know how to be empowered learners yet. They were ninth and 10th graders, right? And so- I was giving them a lot of responsibilities. I was also giving them a lot of supports, but they weren't yet aware of that. And they were scared and they were fearful that it was something different and new that they weren't used to. And it was also a hard class. It was an honors class. And um, anybody who's taught Algebra 2 knows that that can be the first hard class for a lot of math students. And so, you know, I knew that I had to step back. I knew that I had to explain it better to parents. I knew that I needed to build trust. So pretty much all of October, my biggest goal shifted from any other goals that I had to building student trust, building parent trust, making sure that, you know, we kind of, that I re-explained it to parents um, and that I made sure that I like sat down with students. So we did a day where like, I was like, okay, we're going to do the videos in class now. I'm going to help you learn how to take notes ninth and 10th graders don't always know how to take notes. I'm going to teach you how to ask the questions. You know, I had the ed puzzles, make sure that, you know, there's spots in the ed puzzle for them to like really type questions to me so that I could address that one-on-one in class, um, make sure that I get around to them and make sure that they know that they're being heard. Um, and luckily I was able to fix things by then, but it was a lot of work. So after that, I made sure that I made a video introducing the Flip classroom that I've used ever since. I also actually send home a very detailed newsletter. I actually share that whole newsletter. You'll find it on my website. You'll find it in my book. I found it's a really important component to explain to parents the why. Because parents are the first person that I believe that you really need to build trust with. Because when a kid is having trouble, they go home, they tell their parents. If their parents are confused about it, the kid is going to get more confused. If the parent's not, the parent can help guide their child to what they need to be successful. I really do believe that, um, it starts with the parents. And so, you know, when I was able to get them on board, then I was able to, I, I feel really, um, shift things and, and make, you know, <laughs> that much, much better. So it's one of my number one tips now is, If you're going to flip your class, maybe flip, make a flip video for your parents so that they can understand what it's all about.
0: That makes perfect sense. If Mm -hmm. we're going to do something for the students and we want parental, I'm going to make up words. If we want parental buy-in, they also need to understand what's going on in a way that they can understand it. So that makes perfect sense. (laughs) All right. And we're going to stop here for just a second for a word from our sponsor. And that is StreamYard. StreamYard is a live streaming studio in your browser. It's how we do Podcast PD the way we're doing it right now. It's how we have been doing it since we started streaming over a year ago to make the show. It lets us interview guests like Stacy. It lets us take calls. Which, if you want to hop aboard and uh, ask Stacy a question or share something about your experience with Tech with Heart or Flipping the Classroom, uh, go to podcastpd.com/slash/join and we'll get you up here in just a minute. Uh, We can stream directly to YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. I mean, we don't do Twitch anymore, but we can go to LinkedIn. We can go to Facebook. StreamYard lets you do all of that seamlessly. If you want to learn more, please show your support for Podcast PD by using our link, and that is podcastpd.com slash StreamYard. And thank you to StreamYard for supporting Podcast PD and what we do here to help you. Well said, Chris. Well said. Thank you, StreamYard. And again, I was serious. If anybody wants to hop aboard and ask... Stacy a question and you want to turn your camera on you don't want to turn your camera on it's kind of like radio just use the link at the bottom of the screen there podcastpdcom slash join and you can be a part of the show where would you like to go next AJ
2: so we, we've we mentioned Stacy's book so we got tech with heart so why don't we uh, when we talk about the book a little bit more why don't we get into I'm curious you know you have this beautiful experience over eight years why why a book like I'm not saying why in a bad way but Somebody yeah. who's flipping and, and into videos and doing all that kind of stuff. Why, why the book as your, your memoir, I guess.
1: I
0: wait, hold on. I want to do, I want to add an addendum to that. So he said, why a book? And I'm going to say, why not a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, so the book, I didn't actually set out to write a book. Um. It just, you know, again, like I had all these like pieces of information um, that I had shared with teachers that I'd shared through my blog. And I didn't have that whole story behind it. And I just wanted to piece it all together so that I was delivering it in a way that I felt that a teacher could read it and really read into their own story in it. So they could read about, you know, the student that I was and understand, you know, like why I've made these changes maybe they could relate personally, maybe they could relate in terms of a student they've had, or maybe even, I I've, I love one of the best um, comments that I got from somebody was that they were able to understand their own child better. And I was like, really, wow, that's like, you know, um, because they're just very different. And so being able to share that additional context was what I just, that was probably my biggest goal. And it just was, it made sense to write a book because I could write it all out and it became like one fluid thing. Um, why not a podcast? I don't know. I still like a podcast <laughs> to me. I love being on podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. Still to me it feels like very overwhelming. So thanks to you for doing all the work behind it.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, are like you overwhelmed right now? You're not overwhelmed. overwhelmed. I'm always really? overwhelmed. That's why I let not you be the podcast. Yeah. No. Yeah. Speaking, I can do. You, you do the back end stuff. Mr. Podcast over here. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, Stacy. one other thing that you wrote about in your book, you talk about the idea of innovation in the present, right? So I'm curious, based on that, if you well, – again, I'm bad with questions. Podcast interviewer, right? Can't ask a question. Let me split mm-hmm. this out. Here we go. What's a tool that exists today that you wish you had when you started?
1: Okay, so I'm going to answer this in a couple of ways. So I'm going to start with a tool that we have today that I wish that I had as a student. And that would probably primarily be Pear Deck because, and it doesn't have to be Pear Deck, it really could be Nearpod. I use Pear Deck because I need time to think before I'm ready to respond. And I wasn't always able to participate in class in a way that I really wanted to. So, you know, I would sometimes be that person who, who you know, you write that report where you're like, that this child's doing so well in my class. The only thing that I'd love to see for improvement is that they would participate more. I think we've all written that comment at some point, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've even written that comment. And I'm the kid who like really wanted to participate, but I just didn't always... Wasn't able to raise my hand first. I would get so nervous um, thinking about the question that I tuned out everything else that was even going on in class. So the hand raising never worked for me. So that's why I really love a tool like Pear Deck. Now, a tool that I wish that I had had when I started. Oh my god, there's so many of those. I wish I had had a Wacom tablet from the start. Like I used a tablet PC, which works great. But like I, when I finally found the Wacom tablet, I was like, "This is like this was all I needed." How come I didn't know about this from day one? Um, because you know, then I can write with any computer that I'm using, and I prefer a Mac, so I was much happier once I got once I got that technology um, under my belt. And then there's also you know, like explain everything, which is like an all-in-one tool. Because um, it, it was just so much work when I began. Like I was like, "What do I write on?" Mm-hmm. I, I had Camtasia mm-hmm. to record. But like, what do I write on? How do I write? And there was like all these problems. So, um, like, explain everything as an all-in-one tool, easy for me to get people up and running and going. Even PowerPoint now has built-in tools to have the inking, recording, all of it built in. Um, you can make you can make a video on FlipGrid with all these things too. So,
0: so really, there's no excuse not to be flipping your classroom at this point, based on all the tools that are available. Or at least try it. Is it for everybody? Let, let's 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 ask that.
1: I think that your own version of it can be for anybody. So I see Mel on, and I know she always says, and I saw her chat in here too, you know, like I fake flip my classroom. And to me, like that can be her version of the flip classroom. Like, I don't think you need to make a video for every single lesson. Maybe you just integrate videos where they really fit. Maybe, um, you know, you pull in sometimes video, sometimes you pull in podcasts. Sometimes you pull in interactive applets. Like it doesn't always have to be your your medium doesn't always have to be a video. Um, So, you know, to me, the flip classroom is really about like, again, offloading that very teacher directed portion of class to free up class time for students to collaborate, collaborate, to work together, for them to be problem solving, for me to be able to get around and hear them thinking, them talking instead of me doing all the talking. So that's what the flipped classroom means to me. The flipped classroom really isn't about, even though I make videos and the flip classroom is very much for me about making videos. I don't think that's what the flipped classroom is actually about. And so, um, yeah, that that's the answer to me. Is like, it is really about creating a classroom environment where we have empowered learners, we're loading them up with resources, we are hoping them become really resourceful and using those resources to drive their own learning at a pace that works best for them. So
2: very, very well said. I appreciate that.
0: AJ, I saw you clap your hands at one point. What, what was that? What really resonated with you there?
2: No, I think the biggest thing is that everybody thinks it's just it's video lessons. And it's not always video lessons. It can be anything you want to. Like you said, it could be video podcast. It could be a worksheet, you know, just taking the bulk of what you do from, from the classroom, bringing it home so that you have more time in the classroom to do the things you want to do, whether it's project-based, whether it's lecture-based, whether it's, you know, a uh, small group work, large, doesn't matter. There's so many things you can do that you want to, you know, not focus on a video. That's fine. You do it your way. And I, and I like that that was said that way. You can do it your way. There is no such thing as a fake flip. If you're flipping, you're flipping your way that works.
1: Yeah. And I think also one thing that we haven't talked about is you know, like the homework component. So I, homework doesn't work for every class homework doesn't work for every school. And that doesn't mean you can't flip your class. In my opinion, again, like you can do things that are, you know, like a station rotation model, again, like freeing up class time, whether that means like small group instruction, because that again is freeing up class time to really get to a certain group. Um, But just bringing in more of that collaborative learning into the classroom space by potentially, you know, like a student can be watching the video in class. You could have students doing a more mastery based class. I think um, there's so many great models of that. Modern Classroom Project does a fabulous job of really loading people up with ideas for how to create a mastery based course. I don't think that everybody needs to do that in the same way either. Um, but all I'm trying to say is like, I, for me, for, especially for my honors and AP classes, they're already doing homework. By flipping my classroom, I reduced the homework load for them. Every one of my students has said that to me. It reduced the homework load. It reduced the homework stress. That was a big goal for me. If you're not doing homework um, or you're doing very little bits of homework, bring some video into the classroom. Like it has a place there. Not for all of us to watch the same video at the same time. I think that would defeat the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. I think the purpose of video is really that students can pace themselves through it. They can pause, they can rewind, um, and really take, again, ownership for their learning.
0: Well seen. Applause, applause. I hope people are mm-hmm. clapping it up and cheering for you wherever they're watching or, or listening right now. Uh, now, because you have written such a fantastic book and you have shared your story uh, in conjunction with you being here We want to give away tech with heart. So here's what we're going to do. So make sure you're watching right now and you're paying attention. If you're listening to this on the podcast side, we want to give away tech with heart. All you need to do is the following. You have to be following at Mr. Nessie at AJ Bianco at Stacy Lindis. I know she's not here, but you still need to be following her (laughs) at Stacy on Twitter. And she is at buddy XO. And we'll have her tell the story behind that before she leaves. And you need to be following at podcast PD on Twitter. We're going to be sharing a tweet about giving away the book. And all you need to do is retweet the tweet and be following us. So if you're watching live, that's great. If you're listening uh, later as the podcast, we are going to determine the results of the contest on Friday, February 4th, 2022. So be on the lookout for this tweet. All you need to do to enter is retweet it and make sure you're following all the people that I just said, which is all of us in this conversation. And we're happy to to share Tech with Heart with our Podcast PD audience. And it has been a blast, Stacey, to have you here on the show with us.
1: Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that.
0: Now you are going to be sharing a podcast recommendation because this is Podcast PD. But before we have you do that, besides the book and following you on Twitter. Actually, wait, real quick. Explain Buddy XO go.
1: Yeah. So Buddy's my dog, who's been sitting on my lap this entire time, except he just that you might have seen me go off frame. He just like leapt out. Um, So Buddy's my dog. I was at a conference, Alan November conference. He says to us while well, we're there, everybody needs a Twitter account. Do it right now. So I'm sitting there missing my dog. Like, what is my Twitter handle going to be? I'm never going to use Twitter anyway, but I'm going to do it because Alan November said to do it. So Buddy. I love him, buddy XO.
0: Excellent. So besides connecting with Stacy on Twitter at buddy XO, Stacey, how else can people connect with you and find your content and basically get access to you and learn with you?
1: Yeah, Twitter is my favorite, um, but I'm also on LinkedIn and my blog is my website. My contact information is all there. It is techymusings.com and um Please reach out to me. I love connecting. I also am on YouTube. On my YouTube, you can find me, Stacy Rocham.
0: Awesome. And again, if you're listening to this, uh, if you go to podcastpd.com slash 113, we've got a link to her bio, and she was nice. She did our flipped homework. We offloaded putting her bio together, and she gave us all that information. It's all there on podcastpd.com. So there we go. I think that was enough time to get some more information out of Stacey, and now we are going to let her... Uh, share a podcast that she enjoys an episode or a specific show. And she's going to give us our recommendation for this episode. So Stacy, what are you listening to?
1: This is a tough question, but I'm going to go with the ED, the duct tape, EDU podcast, um, which is Jake Miller's podcast. I feel like his message really just resonates with me so strongly. Um, because it is all about, us, uh, you know, kind of starting with your why before you jump into solutions. So I'm going to go with that.
0: I think that's a great podcast to recommend. I would even <laughs> highly recommend his most recent episode, which I am his guest. So there you go. <laughs> great recommendation. Love Jake Miller's podcast. Uh, I am also a duct taper and uh, super cool. Great recommendation. Yep. Nice job. Nice job. I have not been on there. So, I'm just saying yes. Jake's a good dude. <laughs> yeah. You'll get on there. You, you can have the duck reflect into the mirror. See what I did there, AJ?
2: No, I have no idea what you did there. Reflect. Got the it. duck, the duck Yep. Really yep. Got, Got it. it. I'm going to kind of. Got, Got it. it. you with me. <laughs> yep.
0: Well, if you're still with us and you get value from these conversations and you ever thought, gee, I'd like to support them, here's how you can do it you could become a podcast PD executive producer. You can support the show on a monthly or a yearly basis. And as a thank you for your support, every executive producer will receive a special podcast PD sticker, which is out of my arm's reach right now. I apologize. Um, if you support us for a year, you get the special sticker, you get a mug and a t-shirt, and you can do that by going to podcastpd.com slash executive producer. And we want to thank our current executive producers, Stephanie scrocky and Sandy Hartman. Thank you both for your support, and we're always welcoming of more support, so you know what to do, folks. Smash the bell, go to the link, and support Podcast PD. (laughs) If you have questions and you want to give us feedback and your thoughts, you can email us, feedback at podcastpd.com, or go to our website, podcastpd.com. There's any number of ways you can reach out and connect with the show, the best way being go tell somebody else about Podcast PD, tell them you enjoyed hanging out with us live or you're listening after the fact and you enjoyed what Stacy had to share, which Stacy, thank you mm-hmm. for being a part of the show. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: So if you've got questions, we will try to give you answers. And uh, Stacy, once a part of podcast PD, always a part of podcast PD, which means we might reach out again and say, we need you. Come on back and keep teaching
1: us. I appreciate it.
0: All right. I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, my magic wand is not working. So, we're going to say thanks for listening to podcast PD and we will see you next time. Wave goodbye.
2: We're always waving. So waving. wave. Goodbye. Bye everybody.
0: Thank you for checking out this episode of podcast PD for links to everything that we discussed in this episode. You can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at Podcast PD on Instagram and Twitter, and we share using the hashtag Podcast PD. To connect with Stacy, AJ, and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie, at Stacy Lindis, and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy, and we hope you enjoy Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.